Okay, happy new year, everyone. I'm back. So I'm your host, Sasha, from Grown and Opinionated. And um, since it's a new year and the first day, I'm away for my kids. Lord, God bless your teachers. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get into some things. So I guess I'm going to save some of these things for whatever Wednesday where we just talk about whatever. But one of the things that really been burning my biscuits um, for the, I guess, like two days is this whole thing with Russell Wilson. And for those of you who do not know, Russell Wilson is Ciara's husband. You know, the goodies, my goodie. Yes, her husband. Um, the last time I remember anything about football, he was playing for the Seahawks. I guess that's in Seattle. And now he plays for the Denver Broncos. So. What's come out is that he he negotiated a um contract with his team. They accepted the terms of this contract. And now they're telling him, unless you go back and take out certain parts of your contract that we agreed to, that we both had attorneys negotiate for, we're going to bench you. And no matter how good you play, how well you play, or how bad you play, you are not going to get an opportunity to play here and possibly be cut from the team because we just don't want to honor the contract that we agree to. If y'all could see my face right now, I know y'all are like, huh? Exactly. Exactly. This is, I swear, this is why I have not really got back into football well I was let me keep it a buck I was never really into football because to me football is a long game and it's like set up make a play set back up make a play set back up make a play set back up make a play and you could be there all dang day I ain't got the time for football but once in a while, you catch a good play and you get into it. I usually watch the Super Bowl every year, but um, I think I did after Kaepernick settled because I did see the Super Bowl with Rihanna when she performed. Um, whatever. So I, when Cap said, you know, they were doing that BS to Cap, I was out because I'm like, we need to stand with him and support him and let them know we're not going to take this so that they can treat him fairly. However, I was in the minority. <laughs> Everybody else just kept watching. <laughs> Everybody else just kept watching football, so they didn't care. And not until um, the Black um, Lives Matter movement did they finally decide to deal to deal fairly. Um, I guess air quotes with Kaepernick. Um, if y'all don't know the story about Kaepernick, he took a knee when black men, which I don't even want to say when, and that's horrible that we can't say when black men were being murdered um, by police officers for no reason. They are still being murdered day in, day out by police officers for no reason. Um, but he took the position and he took a knee at the games. The NFL basically told him, um, N-word, what are you doing? Get up while we sing the national anthem and put your hand over your heart and salute this country. Um, and, you know, the good old boys told him that. And he said, absolutely not. Him and another player 
no, we're not going to do it. As a result, he was dropped from the um, he was dropped from the team, and I I read the complaint and everything. Um, I guess some of you guys know what my um, what I do, you know, and I guess what my skill set. I kind of call it like you know, some people train to be a plumber. Um, I trained for a different field, which involves contracts. So. Per the complaint and everything, it seemed like he had a rock solid and all the evidence. It seemed like he had a rock solid claim against the NFL, the teams and everybody saying, you are blackballing me. You're basically, you all colluded to come together and say, do not give him a job unless he breaks. Um, Y'all could go look at Dr. Umar and all of them about what buck breaking is. But basically, until he does what we say and stand up and salute our country, um, air quotes, nobody in the NFL, I think it's like 50-something, nobody hire him until he breaks. We are going to break him and make an example out of him. Um, Kaepernick stayed strong. He held it down, and he didn't. Um, Really quickly, I I don't agree with his recent actions. I don't want to be disrespectful to him or his wife or anything. I don't agree with his recent actions by trying to ask them to give him a job and things like that. He settled his lawsuit with the NFL. Um, and I think LeBron said it on the shot one time. I hope he gets so much money that his grandkids never need to work again, that they're still living off of that money. That's how I felt too. I thought he should have took them to the cleaners because they, it, it just was really bad. Um, apparently not. There were rumors that he settled for like 10 million or some low number. And I hate to say that because it's all relative, but when we have um, athletes making hundreds of millions of dollars and this guy was out for, I think it was five, six years, they just kept him. He hasn't even returned yet. And for an NFL player with a career span of about four years, um, quarterbacks usually get longer. That's a long time to be just sitting out and not being in the game. And if he settled for $10 million, I just think that it, it was like, um, and excuse my use of this uh, word because I'm not an N-word slinger, but it was nigger pennies. Like, here, take this and get out of our way. Um, and I, I just felt some type of way but once he settled, I was like, okay, we could go back and whatever. But yeah. So now it seems like the NFL, because I think that they were so successful. Hear me, get closer. They were so successful in what they did to Kaepernick that they now feel comfortable to do it to Russell. And, and we can't stand for that as a people. I don't care how light Kaepernick's skin is, because you know I got no love for the light skin, but whatever, or how curly <laughs> and straight Russell here is. These are still black men being treated this way in 2024. We cannot allow this. We cannot. If now legally, and people always ask me, oh, well, um, I got a contract. And my favorite thing to say is contracts are meant to be broken. There's something in there where you can get, you know, where you can get out of contract. And let's just say, if there's nothing, it's ironclad. You can't control how people act. So, with that being said, there's always stuff people could do. So now, Russell is clear. They told me 
either renegotiate the contract, take out your injury guarantees. I'm not a football person, so I really don't understand fully what that means, but I think I kind of got it, is that as long as you're healthy enough when um, a certain date comes to play, if you get injured after that and you can't play, you'll still get paid. You're going to still get your money. Um, I didn't understand before that once they got injured, they didn't get paid. I thought they got paid. Shit, Gilbert Arenas got his $100 million from the Wizards, and he was about to shoot up the locker room. So I just assumed everybody just gets paid. Um, but apparently there is some way where they won't get paid. So you have these certain guarantees, like I'm going to get at minimum this amount, and then we can have different things going on. But if I get injured, you can't just send me home and say, oh, good luck, hope we see you next season without the, this certain amount of money. They told him, get rid of that. And we'll let you play. And he said no, as he should. I mean, he could have went to the worst lawyers, the worst. Um, they called them. Apparently, in the NFL, they have some contract. Um, uh, and I had to worry here, but it's some type of contract guys that you got to get certified from the NFL so you can even deal with them. They all say hell no. He went to the union, which the NFL has. He explained that they explained the situation. The union said, absolutely not. Y'all cannot do this to him. This is a threat. It breaches the collective bargaining agreement, which all unions, if you ever had a union job, I used to have a union job and we would get into contract negotiations every once in a while about raises, things like that. And once we finish, you get a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement, and it lays out everything that both parties agree to. It's violating New York law. <laughs> it's a breach of the contract. Y'all cannot do this. Yet, they told him they were. And when he refused, they benched him. I don't watch, like I said, I don't watch football. I don't know. They say 11-19 was his record or whatever. I really don't know. But if he was sucking, um, I doubt anybody would have anything to say. They would be like, ah, ah, look at the guy. I mean, he sucks. Like, what are we going to do? But that's not the case. No one has came out and said the coach is saying that he's making this decision about what's best for the team and um, that it's from a coaching standpoint. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, and that if it's anything to do with economics, they need to go talk about talk to the manager, the general man manager and everybody else. But he never says, hey, Russell is not playing at his top, um, at his best. He's not doing a good enough job that's going to secure us a spot in the playoffs or the whatever, uh, Rose Bowl. I don't know how the hell they go, but the Super Bowl is the final goal. He's, no one is saying that. So, I don't know. kind of seems like what Russell is saying is true. Now, we're going to get into what the coach, what they're doing and about the contract. So now, um, he's saying, you're retaliating against me because I refuse to do what you want me to do. We're just going to call it break. You're, I'm refusing to break. I'm standing my ground. So now you're retaliating against me. Um, I deal with that. I've had a lot of experience with that because people will say, oh, can they do X, Y, Z? I think a perfect example is like housing or employment. Um, so, for example, in housing, you can't deny someone housing based on family, sexual orientation, um, race, 
uh, gender, things like that. But you can very well say, eh, I just don't like them. And that's enough. Uh, some employment situations, because most employees, like I said, the union jobs are different, but there's still a lot of leeway there. And they try to, um, the union usually fights where they say managerial discretion because they know it's both BS for we're going to get rid of you when we want to for no reason at all. But if you're a regular at will employee, as long as your employer doesn't fire you because you're black, you're a woman, you're um, gay, or because you have kids or things like that, they can just fire you and say, yeah, I didn't like her. She came to work on Wednesday in purple and we wear pink on Wednesday. Everybody knows this. Uh, I'm getting rid of her. They can do things like that. Um, and like I said, I see it a lot in housing situations where tenants will say, you know, I think my landlord discriminated against me because of this. You have to prove that that was the reason. And usually they will come back and say, nah, I just didn't like him. He was loud or any, if they could point to anything else. And you have to remember in civil cases, um, I wish you could see my hands. And I did this one time at law school and the teacher said, that's it. Exactly. It's like, you just need to tilt the scale. You don't need to drop it like a, a criminal case where it's beyond a reasonable doubt. No reasonable person could believe this. You just need to tilt it a little bit, just a tiny bit in your favor. So if it was 50-50, you just need to get 50.5 or 51% on your side. So it's really hard when people who are discriminating and they say, oh, well, I did it for other reasons. It's really hard to prove that they didn't unless you can actually prove that these things don't exist about you. So, for example, where I said that, um, and I hope you all get the Mean Girls reference that on Wednesday we wear pink. Um, if you came and you wore purple on Wednesday, um, well, I guess if they're saying we're firing her because she wore purple on Wednesday and we all wear pink. And you actually have proof that, no, look, I wore pink on Wednesday also. Or, oh, look, there's other people who didn't wear pink on Wednesday and they didn't get fired and they're all white and I'm black. You would have to kind of do that so you could prove your case. So here, where the coach is saying, look, this is just a coaching decision. I honestly, I think based on the facts, unless, and that's why I said, I need some football people to help me. Unless Russell Wilson sucks or he's not that great and a second string quarterback is better. Or if he was benching him and saying, look, we're saving some of your greatness for later so we can have you in the clutch. I mean, they would really have to do that. But it, unless those things exist, Russell has a damn good case against them. And especially given the fact that they went to the union prior to this happening, because that's going to um, give credence to what Russell is saying, is that I didn't make this up after I got benched. I was told I was going to be benched unless I did it. And I sought guidance from my, from my union on what my rights were. Now, if you ever had a union job, how it works is that um, if you think you're being wronged or you think the, the employer is um, breaching any of the terms of the CBA, you have to file a grievance. And what you say is that, look, you're violating this, this, this of the collective bargaining agreement. You don't have to go into detail. You can even just say, hey, I think I'm being wrong and it's in violation of the CBA. Then 
the union will investigate, and if they find that they did, they can just issue a thing and say, look, you guys, y'all wrong. Y'all got to do the right thing. Um, you can have a hearing afterwards, and it's like a, a trial, and you bring up witnesses, you do everything, and at the, that point, the union, they have like... um. You can't call them, I guess you could call them administrative law judges here in New Jersey. I don't know what they call them and what's the name in New York, but it's, I don't want to call them fake judges, but it's not a judge that sits in court. They're judges that only have the power and the authority to hear these type of cases and make decisions. So then that person, you would put on your whole trial before them, they call it a hearing and you'll do everything. And then that person will render a decision and say, look, I find that y'all did violate X, Y, Z, and y'all need to correct it within this amount of time. Or I find that y'all didn't violate and everything is okay and you can appeal and then you can appeal. And eventually, if you, um, if none of the parties agree, it would appeal and then it would go into what everybody else is regular court. Um, Jersey City style, like high court, but it would be more federal court normally based on the, um, the, the allegation, well, the claims, everything, it will more than likely be federal court. So that's how that works. In the meantime, in between time, <laughs> Russell would have to sit on a bench unless he could get an order, which would be called, um, I guess everybody would be familiar more so with a restraining order. And or, um, yeah, restraining order. They're really injunctive injunctions, injunctive orders where they're saying, like, you haven't done anything yet, but we're going to stop you. We're telling you right now, don't do the very thing you're thinking about <laughs> doing. Or even, um, look, you've done this and we don't have, we can't decide this issue before um, what they call irreparable harm, before he suffers this harm. So we're telling you now to put him back into position to play. And then when we get the time, we'll hear the case and then we'll make a decision then. But if we don't make a decision now, he's going to suffer so much harm that the decision basically is going to be moved. We usually see these a lot. Like if um, a lot of times where someone might be, like I say, restraining orders or, or something that everybody's familiar with where you can go to the police or the court and you say, look, I'm scared that this guy, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said guy. This person is going to harm me. And if you don't step in right now, based on what I'm telling you alone, um, I may suffer irreparable harm, which could lead, you know, whatever, whatever. It doesn't have to be death, but it just has to be that there's no way that I could be compensated afterwards for this harm or in that situation with a restraining order, there's um, a domestic violence restraining order. I should be clear because you could get a restraining order for other things too. But this one is domestic violence we're using that, you know, I may get physically hurt before the court can bring him into court, hear both sides and make a decision as to whether this should go through. So the court will issue a temporary restraining order saying, okay, stay away from her. Cops, don't let him come. Go take his guns. Do this. Um, less until we get time. And then you would get that. I think they call it a TRO. And then after they'll schedule you for a date later. 
and they'll give you a FRO if you need it, a permanent, like a final restraining order saying, yes, we found that they satisfied the requirements of the statute and she should get, or he should get an order permanently to protect them. They could do the same thing in civil cases also. So that would be, for example, like if someone is going to, um, they do it like in foreclosures or they can do it like um, a lot of landlord-tenant cases where the tenant is saying, look, unless you put me back in and stop him from locking me out right now, I'm going to suffer irreparable harm because he can lock me out. And by the time the court gets to my case, I'll be homeless or I'll be out on the street. Um, he would have relet my apartment so he wouldn't have to restore me back to the apartment that I was in that may have had rent control, things like that. So either party can go to court and say that in this situation. So what Russell can do is say, look, they're, they're going to stand by their claim that they're, hold on. They're going to stand by their claim unless they're forced to back down. Don't let that go over your head. They're going to stand by their claim unless they're forced to back down. So that could be one of two ways. One is that Russell and his team could go to court and say, look, judge, we need um, a preliminary injunctive order or a temporary restraining order, whatever they want to get. Because you could get one based on like, look, here's the facts. It's so clear I'm going to win this. Let me get an order now, just stopping them until we go. Um, yeah, and they can do that, or they can just get a temporary one until the season is over. And what they'll, what his team can do is when they go, they can say, look, this is all the proof that we have that this is what's going on. We want you to say that they have to allow him to play until this matter is resolved. Um, I don't think they would be as successful with that. I mean, maybe I don't think so because that's really stripping the coach of all of his power as a coach. You're basically telling me that if this guy gets out here and sucks, um, I just got to keep letting him play. So maybe, and you could, and then parties can always settle so they could get down and say, look, um, this is what we'll do is that, you know, within reason, within reason that you'll allow him to play unless there's any other reason until we could get this resolved. The second way that they're going to, we can get them to back is that if we all stand up together against them, baby, let me tell you, he would be back on that field so quickly because you have to remember that the NFL is. I don't even want to talk about billions. They probably in trillions of dollars um, that they make. But all of that money is generated from us. Not from these big corporations or the rich white people like black people like to say, I'm sorry if you're white here. Um, I'm a black woman and in our culture, we just got sayings that <laughs> I don't know. We just say them. we always equate that with each other. But rich, affluent people, it's us. It's us, the regular, I don't want to say the regular, but the average person, working person, middle class, upper middle class, um, even people who are not in middle class are, you know, your football fans, you're watching the games every week, you're subscribing to 
um, my friend used to have it. Uh, NFL Red Zone. You're paying your monthly subscription for that. You're buying tickets to the game. Even the mere fact of tuning in, which we're going to get... Let me tell you. If the NFL is anything like NBA now, you cannot watch a decent game unless you're paying for extra subscriptions and streaming services. So that's all money that's being generated by us. So we do have the power and control. If we stand together and say, listen, we don't like what y'all doing to him. And I mean, in this situation, it seems like it's a Denver Broncos deal that you can even just boycott Denver Broncos. Like, no, we don't like this. Take to Twitter or X formerly known as Twitter. Take to YouTube and let them know. We are not going to allow you to do another black man like y'all did. What's the name? You're not going to do this again. Y'all have a, a contract. Y'all both agreed to the terms of this contract. Y'all were both represented by way, I'm sure they're more than competent, or if, even if they're not competent. Y'all both, well, they got to be competent, so let me back up. But y'all were both uh, represented by counsel or by people that y'all trusted and who were capable of handling these. I mean, this is nothing new. Russell has been in the NFL for years. I, I, I really don't know how long. But he's been there a while because I know he was on the Seahawks. The Broncos been around since the beginning of time. I'm sure y'all both have people that are familiar with dealing with this. Y'all negotiate. This is not something where he comes to you and say, hey, take it or leave it. And there's not one million other black men that you can get to fill my shoes. Um, to get, because if you got a second string quarterback that you now think is better than Russell at doing the job or just as good as Russell as doing the job. You had him when you were negotiating a contract with Russell. So you could have said, hey, we're not being like when he came to you, sign this contract with these terms and I'm not negotiating right now. You could have said, eh, thank you. We'll go with um, second string over here. See ya. Good luck. Y'all didn't. Y'all negotiated the terms. Y'all entered into the agreement, and now y'all saying, look, we know we did all of that, but we just don't want to honor the contract. We want out. Um, not even we want out. And that, let me say this. I think I could have respected more if they would have said, listen, we're not getting what we bargained for. We wanted, um, I don't watch football, so please forgive me. I got to go to basketball. We wanted the 93 <laughs> Bulls. And we're getting, uh, we wanted the 93 on the Michael Jordan Bulls where he was 93, where he was killing it. And we're getting uh, Washington Wizards Bulls. We don't want number 45. We want 23. And that's what we bargained for. And you're not giving us that. So now we just don't want to honor our agreement. Let's go to court. That I could have respected. They're not even saying that. They're not saying Sir, you are not that good anymore. We, we are not getting what, we're what we bargained for. We want to renegotiate. They're just saying, ah, oh, we just want to pay you. <laughs> I mean, why should we have to pay you? Are you serious? In 2024? I mean, I, and I'm sorry. I don't want to be insensitive. I laugh a lot because that's just how, first, I think I'm funny. but um. It's just how I cope with everything. I make a joke about everything. But this is literally what they're saying to this man. 
This is what they're saying. That's like if you showed up to work tomorrow and um, I don't, I, I can't go with everybody because, you know, different laws and I don't want anybody to think I'm giving legal advice. Trust me, none of this is legal advice. Please don't take it as that. It's entertainment purposes only. But if when I had a union job, if I showed up to my job on Tuesday and I have a contract that says, hey, you're going to make $85,000 a year or whatever. I don't, I can't do math. But say if they say I get $85 an hour and then I, I come on Tuesday and they say, ah, yeah, we agreed to pay you $85 an hour and you're doing your job. You're really good. But can we just give you 60 and you're like, no, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to give me what you agreed to give me. Yeah, we just don't want to. Well, is there anything I'm doing why you don't want to pay me? No, you're great. <laughs> but we just don't want to pay you. I mean, are you, are you serious? If you put it down, I think that some people, which we shouldn't because um, I'm not finished reading the Bible, but I'm sure it's in there and it's in all of my self-help books. It is so unwise to compare. You cannot compare your life to someone else's life or your things and because it's just not healthy. But I think a lot of people see 37 million, 100 something million, and they're like, oh, well, why does he need all that money? If that, I would just take this much and this and that. Because that's you and your lifestyle. And you may have a lifestyle that you can maintain on $100,000 or $50,000. Um, and so you can't even fathom the amount that someone would make this type of money. But that's your lifestyle. Or, and not even that, I don't want to get into that because we're going to um, get into this Taraji P. Um, is it P or J? We're going to get into her too. I don't care if she need I don't care if he needs $10 to maintain his lifestyle with Sierra and a beautiful children. You agreed to give me this money. I showed up to get my money. You're going to give me my money. And I think like I said, I can't go over it enough. Unless we stand together behind him um and a lot better. We got to do better than we did with Cat. I mean, honestly, if we had shut shit down for Cat like we did with Black Lives Matter, Cap would have been back on the team um, immediately. They would have put him back on the team because you saw, and I know he, I'm sorry, but I feel some type of way for capping it when during Black Lives Matter, they were all taking a fucking knee. It's like, are you serious? Y'all got rid of me for this. I haven't been able to play ball for years because of this. And now even the white coaches and everybody else is going to take a fucking knee? But I digress. So that's my opinion on that. I think that unless we all, well, let me not wrap up too quickly, but that is my opinion on it. Because I want to briefly, briefly, briefly for Taraji Henson. I'm just going to call her Henson because I don't know if it's P or J and I just don't feel like looking it up. Um, so she's been very vocal now about this whole thing with pay and what she's getting paid and how she almost turned down the color purple because they weren't offering her enough. Or they weren't willing to pay her what, what she would be worth. I don't think, I guess what she, I really didn't understand. If she's saying she's worth this or that white actors are getting this amount with her level of experience, they're getting this amount and she's still here. 
at a lower amount. And it's just not fair. So she, um, I have a couple of issues with that. One, I wish she wouldn't have waited until this moment now to do this. Because The Color Purple is a movie that is, um, well, I don't know about, this one is a musical that's based off the Broadway play. I never saw the Broadway play, but the original Color Purple, the book, the original movie by Steven Spielberg is so integrated with our culture as black people. I mean, I can't go up to another black person, a black woman, and clap my hands and say, you and me, and they won't know the other part of it. And there's certain sayings that's just embedded in our, embedded, not embedded, I might be hungry, embedded in our culture. Um, and for them to now introduce this in whatever form, I didn't see it because I presumed that it was a remake and apparently it's a musical. To our younger generation and to now take that time to uh, stand up or voice your concerns about this issue. I, I really, I wish she would have done it on another another movie. Um, and because, you know, The Color Purple is by Oprah, I think she took a little... Um, how can I say? I I think she she took advantage or some leeway of that opportunity that this is a black woman and now I can feel free to say it without being blackballed by the white men in Hollywood that control everything. And I really didn't like that because if that was really if that and I'm sure it's a concern of hers. I think that she should have went to them or she should have declined the movie flat out say you are not willing to pay me what I'm worth. I cannot do this. And then walked away. Or that's something now that she could have had with Oprah. And I'm not in the entertainment business as of yet. But um, I doubt Oprah is running a whole production company. You know, um, shit, if Mona Scott Young got a production company that handles all of this stuff with love and hip hop, I, I'm pretty sure Oprah has one too. That does these things that she's not getting on the phone saying, okay, um, yeah, I reviewed this and that. Oh, yeah, okay, so let me call an agent. I'm going to start negotiating. She's not doing that. She's not doing that. So that's one. Two, when Mother Monique, Mother Monique, when she stood up and said, I am not being treated fairly for the work that I put in for this movie, um, I mean, everybody turned their back on her. Her black colleagues who should have stood up with her if they knew this was this was real. Because Taraji P. Henson, Jay Henson, whatever. Oh, maybe Jay Henson is the guy that does Muppet Bait. Whatever, whatever. Taraji, what she is saying now is what Monique was saying before. And if that was true then, why didn't you stand with her and say, yes. I hate to say it, or, you know, I'm so proud of her that she's standing up and saying this now, but it is true. Instead, everyone was like, she's a troublemaker. Why doesn't she do this? And Monique, honestly, and I have to be 100%, a uh, 100, 100, not even 100, 100%. Uh, I did not realize that they were not making the kind of money that we believe they were making for these movies. I did not realize, like Monique said, oh, Tyler Perry told me 
look, you need to you you need to play ball or Lee Daniels. It was one of them who did the um precious movie that she did. Um and she said they told me you need to play ball and do all this free press and do all these other things because after this you can make two million dollars a movie. You could not have you could not have paid me to believe that they were not making ten million dollars, fifteen million at least. I I mean, and that's the thing is that I guess we see everybody like, and we just presume that you have to be making a ton of money if you're in this field. You got to be making a ton of money. I guess when we see people like um, well now a lot of them get back in um. Is that the proper term? But a lot of them, the contracts include they'll get executive producer credits and things like that. So now they're getting paid just to show up and do their job. And then they're getting, um, I DK how to say it in any other way, but they're getting points on a, on a pack. They're getting points on a back end. So when the movie goes out, whatever is making, they're getting a part of that too. Um, I know that there was some issues before. I know that there was still an issue with white men and white women. But even in that situation, I believe it was Michelle Williams and um, is it Mark Wahlberg? Is that how you say his last name? Where they did the movie about um, Getty. I believe that's the movie because we used to watch a show. And they did a movie. And Kevin Spacey, I believe, was in the movie. And then all of this Me Too stuff started happening. So was it Kevin Spacey? It might have been him. They had, whoever it was, someone was in a movie and they got caught up in the Me Too movement. And after they filmed the movie and everything, the production company, they decided, the um, movie studio, whoever, decided that we got to get him out of this movie in order for this movie to stand a chance. So they wanted to reshoot the scenes where he was in it. Um, and I don't know if it's Kevin, let me not say that, but it was an actor who got caught up in the Me Too. And in Mark Wahlberg contract, he had, if you must reshoot any part of this movie, I am to be paid again for every scene that I reshoot. And Michelle Williams didn't. And she had to come and reshoot those scenes, but they worked it out because the me Too movement was going on, but that was the first thing where they were like, "You see how men have all of this power, and they they're treated better than us." Whereas I have to come. Honestly, I wasn't riding with her because I felt like that's something you should have negotiated. Um, and apparently, Mark Warburg, it's just experience thing. Sometimes you have, I know, even with me, like sometimes you may do a contract and you've had a specific experience with something, so you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch out for that." But if you've never had that experience and you're going on a standard boilerplate contract that they probably issue to everybody, you're not even looking for that because you're like, eh, this is not an issue. Or um, I love what they tell me. Oh, I never heard of that. Whenever you're negotiating a contract and you add something new or something, to, I never heard of that. I never seen anyone say that. Okay, now you have. Can we work on this term or not? Um, I just think it was that. But at that time, so getting back to Monique is that I thought, and at that point, Michelle Williams, I believe she was getting like 10 million or something like that for shooting a movie. So I thought all of them were getting that. I thought like, okay, Monique definitely got to get like 10 million. I thought that was like minimum 
wages for <laughs> these I really did. I was oblivious that they were being paid so low. And then without the power to get that back in, like, uh, let me tell you, if you see Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Julia Roberts, um, who's another big dog? If you see any of them in a the movie, they're getting some back in. Will Smith is getting some back. Like, they're getting some back in. They're not just getting the what they the, the performance fee to just show up and do their job they're getting some of that back end i i mean i i can understand that if they say listen the budget for this movie is not that much i would expect them to get some back in i i never believed that this is what they were getting i just didn't but with that being said i think that now like i said i hate the fact that she used this time, the color purple to kind of get vocal about it. Um, that's something she could have been done. And I also hate, oh, sorry. I also hate the fact that she didn't stand with Monique, um, which brings me back to Russell Wilson. See how I got back there? Is that we have to stand together because there's power in numbers. And it's like, um, if you ever live like in a community and there's a family and they got like 50 cousins, and all of that. And you know, if you fuck with one of them, it's going to be a hard day. And you're like, let me think about what I really want to fuck with them. Is it really that serious that we need to go to war with them? Or can we just kind of like, uh, just take this L right now? We have the numbers. We're showing up to the movies. We're, we're definitely spending the money. And we proved that when we took the stands during the Black Lives Matter movement. If we stick together, and it should, I don't want to just say black people, but minorities in general, and, and well, I don't even want to say that, because let me tell you, if it was some different minorities, stuff might have happened, because I turned on my TV and radio every day, and um, the, I, I, won't, I refuse to pay for Pandora. I know, I'm cheap like that. I won't pay for Pandora. So I listen, and I mean, I, I hear... Um, commercials in Spanish. We're in America. I, I mean, I hear the commercials in Spanish. So, trust me, if another minority group with the power that we have, if this happened to them, they would take a stance and it would be shut down like that. It would, it would go away. It wouldn't be a problem anymore. We have to do the same. If we don't, our people are always going to be treated like this. And I know you're like, well, that's not my business or so what? I don't, does rich people problems or whatever you want to say. But it, it's going to trickle down all the way to you at some point. Um, not even on a larger scale, like, you know, you, you guys have kids and your kid may end up being um, an athlete and they're going to be treated this way. But there's a collective bargaining agreement in um, play here. If there's a decision made here where they say, you know what, even given all of the evidence, even given everything that we have here, we're still going to rule for the team and allow them to do this. It's going to be really easy for other employers who also operate by collective bargaining agreements to do the same. And we're seeing the rise of unions again. I mean. I guess this it hasn't been like this since the damn union started. Where we got Starbucks, they they're taking a stance and now they're having they have unions in place 
um, Amazon, that thing came through on the pandemic where the guy, I mean, he really fought so that they could get a union. Soon, it's going to be everyone having some sort of union and place. And if they are not uh, required to abide by the agreements that they make with their employees, then you're going to see this happen. Then you're going to see this happen on a larger scale across the board because the president's going to be set. And um, I mean, from really quickly, what happens is that if your employer now says, look, you know what? We negotiated these contracts with, um, I don't want to be like that, but say certified nurse aides, CNAs. We negotiated the contract with their union that we would pay them $25 an hour. But you know what? Eh, we don't want to. So tell them, unless they agree to take $15 an hour, even though we have, a con we have the contract that says we got to pay them $25, unless they agree to that, uh, they don't have to show up for work. And then what are you going to do? You know, and then when they make that decision and they say that, what they do is they have to go to their lawyers. They have to go to the union and say, well, not the, but they have um, things. I forgot what it's called in Jersey, but they go to them and say, hey, can we do this? Or even when they go to their lawyer, can we do this? This is what we're thinking about doing. And if this shit with Russell is allowed to go down, there will be president for it. It will say. They were allowed to do it. You can do it. Just say you're making a decision. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? So I think we all got to start giving, uh, giving a fuck or two about certain things so that this, you know, we're not living in a world where the, um, I know back in the day they used to say like the bourgeoisie or whatever, but that the 1% is not allowed to control and not deal fairly. Because they already control, controlling the 99, whatever. But that they're, they're, they're required to at least deal with us fairly. Um, we, we just have to. So I'm going to send around a boycott uh, petition. <laughs> Please let me know if I have your support. Because if this issue isn't resolved with Russell, we're going to boycott the NFL. Um, <laughs> don't let me down. Don't let me down. Um, I probably have to get my son to kind of circulate the position, but we're going to boycott them if they try to continue with this. So I'm going to get out of here. Again, Sasha, I hope you enjoy the content that, um, you know, the conversation that we're having. I'm going to, like, in the new year, I kind of, like, um, pray and meditate. I use those interchangeably about being more um, vulnerable and transparent and opening into my life about these things. So. Hopefully we could get on a good ride with this. Follow us on Instagram at grown underscore and underscore opinionated on YouTube. The YouTube channel is grown and opinionated. The podcasts are uploaded to the YouTube channel either the same day or the day after they are uploaded to um, Apple and Spotify and SoundCloud. So now even you Android people with the green bubbles, y'all can listen to the podcast too. I'm more of a listening to a podcast person as opposed to watching. I really don't care to watch, but that's your preference. Do whatever you want. Um, I'm on Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter, at JMO About. Please follow me there. Um, like I said, there's power in numbers. So if we all get together, we can all, you know, get to the promised land. All right, I'm out. See y'all next time.